Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, Jeff Wiggins, Rebel HQ contributor and host of We Gonna Be I. Always a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, a story that we exclusively broke on Indisputable. A man beaten by sheriff deputies, those deputies arrested. The man was still charged with assaulting them. Today, I can announce all charges have been dropped against that man you saw. Let me remind you of the original reporting. Okay, they came into the cell, he's on suicide watch. They jump him, they beat him up. He's providing no resistance. This is a gang related attack. Obviously, look at the brutality here. Other inmates literally come to save this man. No other news agency has this story yet. We're the first to bring this to you. And I have significant background as to what happened to this man. Very sad, it continues. And what happened afterwards is that literally they did nothing to help him. All right, let's put up a picture of the Camden County facility. This is in Georgia. As a matter of fact, Camden County is very close to Florida. And many of those who live in Camden County will commute and work in the state of Florida. The video shows five jail employees entering the cell of Mr. Hobbs. Mr. Hobbs was there for a nonviolent offense and obviously committed no violence to provoke those cops. At least three white male staff members beat and strangled Mr. Hobbs before dragging his completely limp body out of the cell. They brutalized him. Hobbs was arrested for driving under a suspended license and possession of a controlled substance. That's what he was in there for. The 41 year old was held in isolation for 15 days after the unprovoked attack, after. He did not receive any medical attention at all. One of the officers in the video did have his hand placed in a cast after he punched a, a jail wall in a missed blow at Hobbs. We received the video first from, let's say, trusted sources. We exposed what happened inside of that jail. We received a secondary video that also exposed. After they beat him up, they put him in a wheelchair because his body was completely limp. And they then threw him out of the wheelchair into the cell. Now. Charges have been dropped, settlement has been done, cops have been charged. Let me give you the update to this story. A Georgia Sheriff's Office has dropped all charges against a black man at the center of a viral jail beating by deputies 
and agreed to pay him a settlement, according to his attorneys. Despite video showing deputies ganging up on Mr. Jarrett Hobbs, who is 41 years of age, and pummeling him inside and on jail grounds, the Camden County Sheriff's Office hit him with a slew of charges anyway. Prosecutors later determined it lacked sufficient evidence, you don't say. The Glenn County District Attorney's Office today dropped all criminal charges against Mr. Hobbs, including charges for assault, battery, and obstruction for justice, which deputies filed after beating Mr. Hobbs, attorney said in the statement. There's more. There's a warrant dismissal filed on the 21st of this month, said that state is now going to decline to prosecute drug and traffic charges further in the interest of justice. These were separate charges he would have had to face if these deputies did not violate all known protocol and law. Now, <clears throat> the assault, battery and obstruction charges were dropped due to insufficient evidence, obviously, to prove Hobbs was guilty of the charges, he never was. The deputies caught on video battering Mr. Hobbs on September 3rd, 2022 is when it happened, filed the charges against him after the physical assault inside of the jail. When the video came out, it was abundantly clear that Mr. Hobbs was not the aggressor. Harry Daniels said to Georgia Public Broadcasting, five jail deputies surrounded Mr. Hobbs in his cell before the assault. Footage shows the deputies taking turns, punching Mr. Hobbs in the back of the head and neck. Other deputies in the cell restrained Hobbs by holding his wrist before he was thrown against the concrete wall. After the initial beating, Hobbs was placed in a restraint chair and not provided medical aid. GPB reports authorities learned of Hobbs beating after North Carolina investigators were trying to determine if he violated his probation, discovering his September arrest in Georgia. Hobbs probation stems from a 2014 guilty plea related to conspiracy to commit bank and wire fraud. Hobbs attorneys obtained the jail security footage and released it in November 2022. Soon afterwards, the GBI launched an investigation into the assault. Three deputies were fired. On November 22nd, 2022, Braxton Massey, Mason, Garrick, and Ryan Beagle were arrested and charged with battery of an inmate and violating oath of office. The two employees involved disciplinary actions after an internal investigation, but were not fired by the sheriff's office. The stories of abuse and corruption surrounding this detention center and the Camden County Sheriff's Office are beyond disturbing and those responsible must be held accountable. Attorney Bakari Sellers said, Hobbs attorneys also announced an undisclosed settlement was reached with the Camden County Sheriff's Office stemming from the assault. Attorney Harrod Daniels, let's put him up. He said, and I quote, and he spoke directly to indisputable uh, during this matter. But he said, and I quote, let's be clear, no one deserves to be beaten like that. This settlement doesn't make up for that, not by a long shot. But at the end of the day, Mr. Hobbs charges would drop. The officers who beat him have been charged. And this settlement gives him and his family a new way forward. That's something we can all be proud of. Um, I'm not sure of the settlement amount. I can guarantee you that the settlement amount is not, let's say, 
going to change the reality of what he faced. Maybe it provides an element of closure, perhaps a sense of justice. But once again, who's paying for the disruptive and criminal behavior of those deputies? Well, the taxpayers of Camden County will pay for that. It's called defunding the police by way of the police. Are they going to get bent out of shape, hold a press conference, tweet on social media about how bad cops continue to defund the police? Of course not. But I guarantee you, if a Black Lives Matter activist would have held a press conference and said, we are calling again for the defunding of the police to reprioritize the budget so that we can fight real crime in this county. All of a sudden, all of the conservatives in Camden County will say, stop defunding the police back to blue. The reality of this is that those deputies, the way they acted, the way they engaged in that kind of gang activity was obvious it was not the first time. While we will likely never know all of the other violations these cops have done, at least we know this one. And transparency has a way of eliminating darkness. All right, Jeff, thoughts here. So sheriff's deputies accused this man of assault and battery. And with that being, you know, nowhere close to being true, which means they knew they needed justification for what yep. they did to him. In this case, beating him mercilessly. And this leads me to wonder, even if Mr. Hobbs had punched one of them or assaulted them, as they said, would they have been permitted to pummel him, as the article pointed out? Would mm. they have been allowed? That part makes me nervous because had it not been for, as you put them, a trusted source sending out this video to you for you to report it, they would have gotten away with it. They would have been given the benefit doubt, uh, benefit of the doubt as usual. This is usually what takes place. Uh, takes case. So, look, you asked the question earlier, and you also answered the question. But yeah, when it comes to the financial settlements from stuff like this, it also comes out of the taxpayer's pocket. So, yep, we should be talking about this a lot more. And I'm glad you reported on this months ago. I'm glad you're following up. I'm also glad that, well, hopefully the settlement will be enough, but criminal charges. It was a gang, yeah. as you put it. It That's was a right. gang, so That's criminal right. charges, please. If Think about this, if we did not get that video, he would have been prosecuted for beating them up, mm. knowing in court that it was totally opposite. And likely no one would have believed him or they may have believed him and not gave a damn. So thankfully, we have a video that proves exactly what happened. Naturally, if you have something that you've seen, and I'm talking to people in position of authority, in the position of power in police departments, government, even corporations, let us know. We are willing to go to bat for you, all right? Indisputable at tyt.com, make sure you email us. Black student forced to act out the murder of George Floyd. 
let me remind you of the scene he was forced to act out. Let's put up the picture of that infamous moment that shook the nation around the entire globe. So a kid was forced to act this out. Let's go to the middle school, put up a picture of the middle school. On January 18th at West Sylvan Middle School in Oregon, a group of bullies imitated the George Floyd murder using a black classmate. The incident started when the unnamed black eighth grader was allowed to get water from the hallway water fountain. As the student went to use the fountain, two other students confronted him. Let's go to Raheem, put his picture up. Raheem Alexander, the student's father, described what happened to his son next. Here's a quote. They pushed him up against the wall, he says. They bound his hands behind his back using a hall pass lanyard. And told him they were doing a George Floyd on him. Alexander told KATU News. They put him face down on the ground with his hands behind his back. They proceeded to put a knee in his back. One of the students said to him that now they are turning off the body camera. and They're going to wait 20 seconds, Alexander said. Once again, visual reminder of what they made this black child act out. West Sylvan principal, Dr. Jill Hunt, released the following statement. She said, and I quote, I am deeply saddened to share that West Sylvan experienced a horrific hate-based incident last week. Because this is an ongoing investigation involving students, we are limited in what we are able to communicate to families. The letter went on to say, the students involved received appropriate disciplinary action. Counselors will work with students on anti-racist lessons. You know, and it's interesting because naturally you do have to work with students. You have to work with faculty, administrators. Uh, but the origin of this comes from the family, the origin of it. It is then enhanced by the culture. Racism is enhanced in culture. And when it is not properly checked in places of public social interaction, like a school, it permeates in a way that ends up on this show. There's more. Oregon Live confirmed the students who attacked the black eighth grader, they have all been expelled. Response from the district in a statement. Portland Public Schools said the district stands firmly against any hateful acts in our schools or community. The students' parents felt the district waiting to respond publicly was not satisfactory. They said the school district declined to issue a district-wide statement citing the ongoing investigation and the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. Let me be very clear, I'm well aware of that act. And if the superintendent or the principal decides to stand behind that act, let me give them the 411 since they have not bothered to read it. It stops you as an educator or administrator from providing specific details 
as it relates to minors, such as name and address or information that is readily connected to a particular child involved in an incident. A public statement is permissible as long as the public statement allows for the rule to be adhered to. So to the parents, your instinct was correct. It's a bunch of BS that they cannot release a district-wide statement. All right, Jeff thoughts. You know, for a number of the ills of this country, like let's say mass shootings and violent crime, I always hear it starts at home. But boy, in these situations like this story right here, I will never hear someone say it starts at home. You know, for racism and a cultural and a culture of hate that you outlined earlier. And I'm sure, Dr. Richie, your audience knows about the school to prison pipeline. But for some reason, I've never put it in my mind to come up with like a, a school to police academy pipeline. Because the students who did that, they are right on their way to get into a police academy. Like they're only a few, what, a few years away? You gotta be 18 or something like that. They're right there. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, with a uniform and an unchecked sense of authority, you know, people can get carried away. And that's what we see all the time. So let's look into this. You made a great point. And I will say this to echo that point. If those kids were acting out, I don't know, a local gang member. Right, they were acting out, mimicking the life of a gangster. Everyone would be up in arms. They are mimicking the life of a gangster. Mm. It just so happens that the gangster was being paid by taxpayers and had on police blue rather than crip blue. But it was still acting out of gang culture. When will all individuals have a problem with this, all right? We will provide updates as they come. A story that I guarantee you haven't heard about. A police chief arrested by the state police in Georgia. Barely a blip on the radar. Let's put him up for a mass. You're looking at Chief Darren Mack. Drury. Mac is his nickname. They call him Chief Mac for short. Mm. A South Georgia Police Department whole command staff and some officers resigned Saturday after the interim chief was named following the GBI's arrest of their previous chief. According to authorities, Homerville Police Chief Darren Mac Drury was arrested last week after a February 19th incident. You have to follow the timeline on this. We're talking about just a few days ago. During which the chief improperly handled evidence according to the state agency, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. The incident was reported to the Clinch County Sheriff's Office, which then requested the GBI to conduct an independent investigation. The GBI has not disclosed the details of his findings, but the chief faces multiple charges, including theft by taking, possession of marijuana, false statements and writings, and violation of oath of office. He turned himself in on last Wednesday. On Saturday, multiple officers resigned after the city appointed an interim chief. The sheriff's office confirmed in a statement. In its public response, the sheriff's office defended the Homerville officers stating that they could not be expected to follow orders from the governing body that hired the chief 
citing alleged actions by the city council and city manager that disrupted the work of the police department. Is anybody concerned that the chief was stealing? Is anyone concerned that the individual in command is corrupt? Okay, the officers were under no obligation, it is said, to continue their employment with a city council and city manager who has repeatedly taken steps to undermine their positions, blatantly encourage unrest, attempt to bully them into not enforcing laws in the city and obstruct investigations, the statement read. Those officers have integrity and no law enforcement officer should be forced to work in an agency that will not allow them to do their jobs. The city's interim chief is James Herndon, according to the sheriff's office. Herndon unsuccessfully ran for sheriff himself <laughs> in Cobb County. The irony of this, so there's a new police chief, right? Because the, the old police chief, well, he has sticky fingers. He lied on police reports. He gets reported. He gets reported a few days ago. GBI comes in, they clearly see this cat is corrupt. He immediately is facing charges. What's the response from the command staff? They have no words for the corruption of the chief. They're concerned about the new guy that has no corruption allegations against him. So they resign. They are uh, not feeling the city council, the people that actually govern them, the people that provide oversight for the police, the individuals that actually create the statute or statutes that they have to follow. They don't like the leadership. But they said nothing about the corruption of their former leader. And then the sheriff gets involved and backs the cops for resigning. Because obviously there's a political entanglement here. That sheriff doesn't like the guy who's currently chief. Insanity, not one agency responded about the corruption of the cop. And they are supposed to be law enforcement officers. Jeff, thoughts here. If there was a theme for today's show, it would be that the police is a gang. This is clear cut. <laughs> I mean, Chief Mack, that's a gang. Yeah. That's the leader of a gang right there. That was all we needed to know. Like, how are they getting people in the police academy? Are they jumping them in? What is going on here? More justice. And, like, hey, moving forward, the person who comes after this guy, are we to believe that this will not also lead to criminal activity? I'm confused about what's going on here and what their standards are for hiring people and bringing people on. Because this is clear and evident that it's gonna continue. Or even if it hasn't like continued in the past, yeah. maybe look at the guy before Chief Mack, because <laughs> apparently it's a cesspool of gang activity. That's that's long and short of it. Like this, yeah. this is the what it is, developing. I know gangs, this is what it yeah. is. Story is developing and I'm going, to be interested in how the sheriff responds to the command staff that resigned. I have a feeling he's going to make sure they land just fine with his agency. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show. Let me read some of these comments before I do. Do not forget about the watch list, the big homie Jared Jackson, new time. All right, make sure you tune in. News, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. 
And then check out Unbossed with Nina Turner right after this show, all right? Subscribe to the show and watch live daily, 5 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Pacific time. YouTube.com forward slash watch list PYT. All right. There's um, an imposter, I wanna address this. Uh, There's an imposter who is going around claiming to be me. It is not me. If you do not see that check, it is not me. And I would never solicit anything from you, all right? So make sure you stay vigilant. If you see this imposter on any social media platform, report them, call them out, let people know this is not Doc, all right? I appreciate you helping to make sure we keep communities safe, all right? Away from con artists who play games. All right, Mickey C, the Silverhead Dragon. Um, although rare, Leos are being exposed more and more and are being uh, charged. As more of them are convicted, we can expect more videos accidentally being released or being um, out of order. Mickey C also says three deputies were charged, why not all five? My exact question, trying to get clarity of that from the attorneys. So I have that question outstanding right now. Uh, thank you so much, Abstract Dragon, we appreciate that. Says, hey doc, congrats on your degree, thank you very much. Yes, I got another degree. Uh, I have a master of science now in applied physics and quantum mechanics. And yes, I did that while in law school. Whole I don't reason. even understand. I, listen, I didn't even wanna do it, Jeff. It was required <laughs> for a whole different reason. And there's an article where I talk about it, Science News Watch, you can get that article and you'll see exactly how it happened, all right? I was kind of left with other options, no more. I had to do okay. it that way. All okay. right, Robin Rouse, thank you so much, Robin Rouse. Um, spectrophonic, oh my God, something is happening and it should. Cops fired and arrested, that's right. At least there's a semblance of justice. Um, Shiva Mahadev, uh, indisputable member for one month, thank you for that. As long as they are violent men, there will be bad law enforcement officers. This will not end, but we can decrease it. I'm making sure that we actually give a damn about the front end of the hiring rather than the back end. Natural born Keeler, thank you so much for this. I will never get used to this kind of news where unarmed black folks are lynched by the police. Black Lives Matter from Germany. Thank you so much for your allied relationship. Okay, got a question for you. No, not a question. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're my friend. Back off! I'm You know what? You touch me. I don't feel safe with you 
being outside running around while we're trying to come into the door. Why are you trying fun? to? You little juvenile. Y'all are juveniles. What you are. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. What? Exactly. Trust me, you're being got, filmed got too. You too. And you know what? Bro. You just filmed flipping us off. Oh, did you just do that again? I know, I went, I did a peace sign. That's oh, what you okay. just did, right? That's a gang sign. That's a peace oh, sign. Trust me, it's hard to record. Oh, look, it works. It's not broken. There's more. Yeah, we're, I never said that. Yeah, we're part of the game. Can you please get out? Yeah. No, you know what? I was going to come here today and I decided not to, but I will come tomorrow. Where are your freaking parents? They're not here. We just told you that. We know. They're not here, dude. Where are they? This is my house. It's your house. Yeah. No, he's got all that, um, his Asian people here. Asian people. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. Flip us off, and it's okay, right? You, you don't you gotta be racist, you. though. And you were filmed being flipping us off, so yeah. Your uh, wait, wait, wait. Didn't you just do that? What the? What? Don't mess with us. We're not. That's well, exactly. We're just standing there. No, you came at us here tonight, wasn't you? Yo, call the police, bro. Him? Not. Should I call the police? Again, I don't. Cast is off now. Now you have your little thing. Guess what? We saw your little cast flipping us off. I Should I call the police? Yes, we did. No, yeah, call the police. What you just saw, in my opinion, obviously, is criminal activity. This is a Karen and a male Karen. Looks to be a husband and wife duo, and according to the back and forth, they broke into the home. They then, according to the video, created a physical assault. And according to the video, committed criminal trespass because they were told to leave and did not. Now, what kind of privilege exists to where anyone on this planet would believe that is okay to do? Much less to a child or to children. According to the Karens involved, this was about them being flipped off. Even though the kids say, but you flipped us off. Breaking and entering, criminal trespass, physical assault are not remedies for a conflict like it was described. Once again, privilege. We don't know exactly what happened, details are not available. I would love for someone to give me an update as to what went down after. Did the police come? All right. Okay. Very sad story. Very sad. The police engage in action that led to the death of a woman who simply needed medical care. Why was this happening? Because the medical facility, according to the report, says she had to leave. Here it is. They want you gone. I, 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 I'm talking. I understand you say you got some problems going on. 
you're going to have to find a way to get out of here, okay? I don't want this to turn into a situation where you have to go to jail. Shattered my ankle and I had a stroke. Well, if the medical professionals have saw you and discharged you, they, they won't. I got, nothing to do with, I got nothing to do with that then, but you got to get going. I can't even get down there. So you're saying that you're going to go to jail. Well, what's going to happen is, is you're going to have to roll this off the property. It's the I hospital's can't. wheelchair. Well, you're going to have to get up and figure out a way to get going. I can't. Please don't do me this way. I don't want to go to jail. Get up and I have to warn you now, the rest of this video is going to become extremely disturbing. Very, very hard to watch. But it is required. Here it is. Oh no. I need you to step up. Okay? I can't. Yeah, you have to. Pull me back. You're going to have to get up there because we're going to have to physically put you up there if not. Oh my God. I can't, you're gonna break me. Yes, ma'am, you're gonna have to get my in. My ankle. You've been medically clear, ma'am. This is not gonna work. So we need you to help us. My ankle. I'm gonna pass out. No, stop. Okay, it's not working. Okay, just stop. Get in the bag on. Okay. Oh my God. Jesus, Lord, Mary, goats. Now you're starting to piss me off. Get up. This is the Lord's, listen to me. This is the Lord's day. All I want to do is give me some coffee and some oatmeal. I'm not going to deal with your mess this morning. We've already spent too much time on you. You're going to get up here in this van and you're going to go to jail. We're done with you. We're going to get in there and pass out. We'll be done with it. Because this is all an act. You're not going back in the hospital. We're not taking you back. You've been kicked out of two hospitals. What do you need your purse for? It's not in there. We've already went inhaler in your purse. You know what's about to happen? You're about to get some more charges. That's what's about to happen. My problem with me is that I know it's, it's all an act. You, you, oh, well, been, we all know yeah. that. This is your inhaler. The medicine is missing. Get a stretcher. Yeah. Why would we need a stretcher? I can't see. Do not have an inhaler. Hey, it's not long uh, okay. Right there. Please hurry. Uh, all nasty from her. Uh, you want a cigarette? No. I was kind of thinking, uh, just you know, on the sidewalk, putting all white blanket over, and everybody can go about their day. <laughs> She's already got worn on her now. I'm about to get an extra charge for this order to come up. She's about to get anything I can think of. Hitting sidewalk. I'm not. Yeah, She's about to get anything I can think of. You guys are gonna let me die. Please help me out, sir. Please. You're gonna kill me. Please. I beg you. Stand up. Walk. We know you can walk. Now stop. Okay. Okay. Stop up. You can set yourself up. These cowards. Here's when she died. Ah. Okay, you kill me. I can't breathe. What's that? Me up. You pulled yourself to the <laughs> me up. Oh my god. Scoot back towards me. You can get in my car? I'm sorry, I ain't doing too much. Okay. You guys. You're fine back there. Stop it. Take me off. What are you doing with you today? You're fine. Look yourself up. Hey, Jazz. Hey, are you up? Can you start me a 47 here emergency, emergency, Hey, come on, sit up. Sit up. 20 to 41, is it your prisoner that's unconscious or the driver of the car you stopped? My prisoner. My prisoner. Sit up. 
Yeah. I don't know if she's faking it or what, but she's not answering me. Wake up! Hey! Wake up! She was never faking it. Put up the picture of this woman who should be alive, <clears throat> but is dead. Newly released body cam footage shows Knoxville, Tennessee police completely dismissed and ridiculed. Elderly woman, she told them her medical condition. She told them she was in pain and felt like she was going to die. And she did. 60 year old Lisa Edwards, who used a wheelchair and had suffered a prior stroke that left her disabled in 2019. She had been discharged from the Fort Sanders Regional Medical Center on the morning of February 5th, but refused to leave, which prompted security to call the police. She was then taken to Roger D. Willison Detention Facility to be booked on trespassing charges. She became fully unresponsive as you just saw. Edwards was taken back to the same hospital where she died. Her family states officers treated her like trash and they did. According to WVLT, her family is consulting a lawyer. Let's put up the chief of police, guy in charge. Chief, got a question to ask you. Would you be okay with someone treating your mother that way? Maybe your grandmother. How about your wife or your sister or your child or you? Your men treated her this way, yours. Now, I'm not the police, don't wanna be. But I promise you, if I were, those under my command would fear me. There's no way this is justified. This woman begged for her life. She was tortured by your men. His name is Paul Noel, and let's put him up for mass. Police officials said the involved employees are Sergeant Brandon Wartlow, Officer Adam Barnett, Officer <laughs> Timothy DeStacio, and Transportation Officer Danny Dugan. Not one of them provided any leadership to say, guys, wait a minute. Let me try to keep everyone out of trouble here and make sure we follow protocol because she has said the magic word, I need help. I can't breathe. They are now on paid administrative leave as an ongoing internal investigation will determine whether the officers violated police policy, whether they violated police policy. Knox County DA spokesman Sean McDermott wrote in a news release on the 21st of this month. An autopsy conducted by medical examiners with the Knox County Regional Forensic Center concluded that Lisa Edwards died of natural causes. You heard me, 
The DA being a coward is standing behind this document, which is obviously misleading in my opinion, from the Regional Forensic Center saying that, well, this was just um, natural causes due to a stroke and a cardiovascular disease. And that no time, this is in the report, it says no time, that no time did law enforcement interaction cause or contribute to Miss Edwards' death. That's what the DA said. What? You have become a defense attorney? You're a prosecutor. You are elected by the people to investigate and prosecute crime. You have now become the defense attorney for individuals who killed a whole human being. Their actions led to the death of that woman. It is clear for everyone to see. I don't give a damn what a sheet of paper says from the forensics lab. Let's put up the person in charge of that lab since you cited it, DA. Knox County Regional Forensic Center Chief Medical Examiner, Darinka Melisnik Polishin. She's in charge of that facility. The DA's office said in their statement that Edwards had flown to Knoxville on the 4th of February. During the flight, she experienced abdominal pain and was taken to Blount Memorial Hospital when she landed. After she was discharged, she sought additional treatment at Fort Sanders Regional Medical Center. That is when she was discharged from that one. And they said, we need to call the police because she will not leave. Let's put the picture up of the guy in charge there. Fort Sanders Regional Medical Center Chief Administrator. His name is Keith Al Schuler. The Knox County DA General Sharm P. Allen. The DA's office has cleared the officers of any criminal charges because the video shows she was not beaten by the police. She was never subdued. There was no physical struggle between law enforcement and Ms. Edwards, and there was no restraint. Asphyxia is what it's called. Um, so they're standing behind the fact that they basically, um, because they killed her by other means, there is going to be no charge. There will not be a criminal penalty because them being criminally negligent that leads to the death of a human being, not a big deal. However, if you would have done that to an elderly woman, if I would have done that to an elderly woman, we would be going to prison because we have a reasonable duty to not be that negligent in situations like that. And there's also a duty, a responsibility affixed with the relationship known as a first responder to a citizen, to a person. They decided to violate all known protocol and those violations led to the death of a human being. The family obviously is outraged, so am I. This woman should be alive today. This woman was suffering, she was suffering. Not one person had enough compassion or heart to simply take the time to see her. And let's talk about the hospital. While the hospital represents a microcosm of the dynamic of healthcare in this country, the macrocosm is this. Not one hospital should have turned her away. What was it about? Why did she get turned away? She was obviously in pain. Her ankle was busted. She could barely breathe. 
who would turn her away? Was it related to money? I got questions because this woman should be alive today. Jeff thoughts here. It saddens me that one of the last things she heard before she died was, it's the Lord's day. I just want oatmeal and coffee. The convenience of this man's life and maybe her ailments inconveniencing him is what led to, as you said, criminal negligence. Whoever put that rule in the books likely lives in neighborhoods where they don't even have to deal with or contend with police unless it's for an emergency or it's on demand. The fact that this woman couldn't even get help from these officers should let us know all we need to know. But I do have a question though. What was the worst that was going to happen if they readmitted her to that hospital or gave her the additional assistance that she needed, not wanted, she requested for and needed? What was the worst that was going to happen? She get like what, an additional day in the hospital? I don't understand why everybody was so inconvenienced by someone in need at that time. Right, she goes back to the same hospital that created the circumstance initially. She goes back there after she's unresponsive in the police car begging them, please take me back to the hospital, I need care. All right, we're gonna follow this story because right now, right now, nothing to see here is what the police are saying. We shall see later this week. We got more, indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. I'm pressed for time, cannot read them all. Liz says, flipping someone off equals freedom of speech. That's right. Um, <clears throat> okay, democracy for sale. My grandmother died after having stroke complications. If I'd found out that anyone had treated her this in this way, I would be in prison right now. I'm very upset and disturbed after that video footage. Thank you for exposing this horrendous behavior, Dr. Richard. And listen, it's Iron sharpens iron. Thank you for being here to go through these moments with me and the production team and Jeff, all right? This is how we get exposure to individuals who deserve to be exposed. Okay, Blue Dream Dragon, how can anyone watch this and not become radicalized? Um, Yeah, Natural Born Keeler, thank you again. They laughed at her, they treated her like trash. They didn't recognize her as being human, there you go. Exactly, it's almost as if two things go down when the suit comes on, IQ and compassion. If somebody would have had simple logic, that would have stopped. If someone would have had simple compassion, that woman would be alive. Not one person, smiling faces, member for two months, thank you so much. Love your show, Dr. Richard, been watching since the beginning and thank you for all you do. Listening to you makes my day even better. Well. Hearing you say that makes my day even better. Thank you so much for your continued support. Uh, Chichi Massey, member for eight months, double doser. Thank you so much. That wasn't a peace, peace sign. Homie threw up deuces. I know that's right, deuces, you are right. It one piece, it was hollow. <laughs> All right, okay, very sad story. West Virginia man dead after a stun gun encounter with state police. Let's put up this state police trooper car. Buck stops with them, right? They're the state authority. One man has now died after an encounter with a West Virginia state police on I-81 Sunday. This was on the 12th. 
Police said that they received a 911 call around 9.45 p.m. about an intoxicated man who was walking. He was walking, all right, walking south in Berkeley County. A trooper at the Martinsburg detachment encountered the 45-year-old. His name was Edmund Exling. And police claim after a brief struggle, a stun gun was deployed and Edmund became unresponsive. Police tried to revive Mr. Edmund at the scene, but they were unsuccessful. He was transported to Berkeley Medical Center where he was later pronounced dead. Uh, Sister law told WFMD AM that he was mentally ill, not a drug user. Mr. Edmund suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. The quote is, Eddie was a good guy, even when he wasn't suffering, uh, when he wasn't suffering this disease. He was medicated, he wouldn't hurt anybody. West Virginia State Police Captain, let's put him up. His name is Eric Burnett, said that an investigation into this death is underway. Three state troopers are now on paid vacation. They call it paid administrative leave, pending the investigation's result. It is not clear if or when the West Virginia State Police plan to release body camera video, but I guarantee you this, we will be the first to report it when it does get released. The mother has now opened a GoFundMe. If you would like to assist the family and their continued fight for justice, please do so. You can donate directly at the official GoFundMe. So very sad. And I thought about something beyond the lawsuits and settlements that take place when the police defund the police by way of police misconduct. Even when the settlement is not part of the equation, before the settlement happens or before the charges come, before the suits, the lawsuits happen. Paid administrative leave is taking once again money away from taxpayers to pay for police who are not working. They're not working. So what has to happen either A, the police department has to bring in other cops, have them work those hours to make sure that you have proper coverage for safety in the community. Or B, do not bring in additional cops. And does it risk a safety dynamic with that county? Is there a safety issue when you don't have enough police? You know what I've never heard? I've never heard crime go up because 10 cops are now on administrative leave. Isn't that something? I've never heard, hey guys, we have um, a problem. We have so many cops on administrative leave per shift that crime is now increasing in our city. Never. Jeff, thoughts here. You know, I got to be honest with you, Dr. Richie. Sometimes I'm so resigned to the fact that police brutality is going to happen that oftentimes when I'm reading an article or I hear a story like the one you're delivering right now, I'm like, okay, just fine, pepper spray him or taser him, but just don't kill him, don't shoot him, don't strangle mm. him. But more and more, when I look around, they're dying, people are dying from tasers and pepper spray or other means that are not directly attributed to firearms. And so I don't know what else to do or say about situations like this. This man was walking down the highway, he shouldn't be dead today, right. especially from the hands of, of a police officer. So that was just me being just exposing who I am as a person at this point. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see some radical changes in police departments and police precincts. But boy, sometimes I just accept the fact that police brutality is going to happen. And that's a bad position for me to be in. 
And it's a human position, understandable sentiment. But let me give you some hope, dear brother, for those who are watching also. In your local community, if you do not have a citizens review board, get one. Lobby your local city council members, your county commissioners, get a citizens review board. Help start one, create a campaign in your local area to have a citizens review board that also has subpoena power, okay? Start there. Oversight is a great remedy for things like this, civilian oversight, all right? All right, very sad, disappointing, okay? Let's put his picture up full mass. Um, when I heard this story, I said, no way, no way. Let me hear the audio. Then I heard the audio. You're looking at Mayor Stephen Reed. Mayor Stephen Reed is the mayor of Montgomery. Here's what he said according to a recording. Don't ask me, I can come smile. I don't have to do no goddamn work. I don't have to do no work systemically and I'm gonna be fine. And guess what? I will always get 38 to 45% of the white vote. If I get 30 to 45% of the white vote, I can have them get the black vote I got in this past election. You got black city, that's great. You have all black everything. And guess what? You won't have green nothing. You know, white, white money things that you are looking after, they will take their crack bill, they will take now I want you to decide if his explanation is fitting. It is not fitting for me personally. I'm disappointed in the statements. They do not affix to the policy positions he ran on. They are contrary to what we understand as good progressive movement. All right. Um, there's more, more audio. Let me go ahead and read this. It was obtained by 1819 News. It says, you think MFers around here gonna invest in Montgomery? Reed asks rhetorically. You think I expect the descendants of Confederate soldiers effing investing in Montgomery? Question mark. Beyond what's good for them? Question mark. They give you some charity. They give you some charity. They give you something nice over Valiant Cross, where I'm on the board. But will they really invest in systemic change? Hell, F and no. They're not going to invest in it. So don't ever mix up what I'm doing. You don't see, you haven't seen a scientist as diabolical as me, because no one has come into this, what I have. There's an audio. Um, there's an audio clip that features me speaking privately with a member. This is what he's saying with a member of the Montgomery community. Okay. This clip has been heavily edited and features carefully selected sound bites of my voice. The conversation was recorded without my knowledge or consent by this community member almost three years ago. All right. So this is his um, statement. Now, like I said, I'm disappointed in these statements holistically. All right. When he's talking about uh, black voters and I basically doesn't need them because he's going to get a certain amount of white votes. You're, you're sounding like, sir, the person 
who had the job before you or the people who had the job before you. You have to understand, people are going to get upset when you have a position that is now contrary to that which has been produced by recording. The folks who trust you, sir, deserve a direct explanation. There's more of the statement. It reads, the meeting with this community member was prompted by our concerns about civil unrest in the immediate aftermath of the death of George Floyd. During this meeting, it became abundantly clear to me that this individual sought personal financial gain during a time of crisis in our city, state, and country. You have my word that no one in my administration will ever give in to a shakedown or extortion. The mission of our administration is to bring more opportunity to each and every resident while making sure that Montgomery's success is their success. As mayor, I will continue working tirelessly for our citizens and not let distractions keep us from doing the business of the day. Mr. Mayor, it is a distraction, but it's one that you created. It's a distraction that you did. At some point you have to take full responsibility for the actual statement. And yes, it was said not out of wisdom. Uh, it sounded as if it was out of anger and some other stuff happening with you, dear brother. I really hope you become obviously the advocate that many of my friends believe you are. This statement in response to that tape is damning. But I will say this, if your proclamation is true, sue them. They lied on you, sir, sue them, depose them, make them tell the truth under oath. Because you know who did the recording, sue them. You have not only the authority, you have the resources. Jeff thoughts here. Well, Dr. Rishi, as you just stated, you you have people who know him or know of him. And so they are looking to his character to see what he might do in a positive sense moving forward. I don't know this man, but based off that statement of a diabolical, what did he say, diabolical evil? This yeah. is this man's villain arc. Like to me, he's like <laughs> Luthor. And this man's math is not mathing when it comes to percentage of the racial makeup of Montgomery. He does need the black vote, but apparently he doesn't care about black or white just as long as green is involved. Mm. And my word, as you just said, Dr. Ritchie, he does know the community member, but he said the community member was seeking financial gain. No, brother, you are seeking <laughs> financial gain by what you just said about the people, the white people who make up your community. That's what you're trying to do. So I don't know you, and maybe, you know, to the person who has alleged you said these things. But if not, man, you're a villain. That's just who you are, just like the people who came before you. Listen, I'm gonna give the guy an opportunity. I extend an invitation, uh, Mr. Mayor, to come on the program, come on the bullpen, explain your position, your proclamation. Um, open invitation for the entire year, all right? We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, a lot of show left. Once again, let me remind everyone something really disturbing. Uh, there's a con artist, it may be more than one, impersonating this show, impersonating me. They will hop on a 
social media thread, sometimes a YouTube thread, and they will say, hey, uh, contact me at this number or via this email. It's not me, all right, it's not me. It's very sad this person is doing this. I need your help in exposing whoever this is. So if you see it, no, number one, it's not me, all right? There's a blue check and it goes back to the original page, that is me. If not, it's not me. Make sure you report them, call them out, publicize the fact they are not authentic, okay? We wanna keep people safe in the communities that frequent with us and enjoy the content. All right, a lot of comments. YouTube, you don't like my music says, it's time we stop referring to these tasers as non-lethal. That is right, 100% correct, I agree. Um, Larry Love Jr., get this mayor on the bullpen, Doc. I'm waiting, love to have him here. Tall pumps, all police should go through physiological evaluation like that mayor, well, psychological evaluation like that mayor in Ithaca used. Cops aren't serving, they are killing. Um, and for those who may not know, the Ithaca uh, mayor at that time, youngest mayor ever to serve in that capacity, he had an exhaustive psychological examination after boot camp, found out that 75% of the cops who would have been cops did not qualify to be cops psychologically. If you take the microcosm of that number and apply it to the macrocosm of society, three out of every four police officers are not actually mentally fit to be police officers according to that data. Very sobering. Okay, um, <clears throat> what do we have? All right, good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Yunji Han, who is a reporter at Insider's Voice, uh, Voices of Color, uh, a uh, vertical, excuse me, where she covers race and identity. Um, she also has an extensive background in doing this kind of work, controversial dynamic connected to her with the Unification Church. I'm sure we're gonna get into that as well. Good day, welcome. Hi, Dr. G, it's really great to be here. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. Uh, for those who may not know the kind of work you do, give us your why. What kind of work you do and why? Sure, so I report on race and identity over here at Insider, and that really covers the range from religious movements, as you had mentioned, about the Unification Church, which is this um, religious movement that a lot of people regard as a cult um, that originated in Korea, um, to entertainment, to politics. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just find that there are no shortage of stories when it comes to race, um, especially in America. And so, um, we just keep the hamster wheel running here. Let me ask you about the dynamics involved in the storytelling. Because naturally, race, racism, bigotry, sexism, all of these things have a level of interplay. Typically, where you find extreme bigotry, you also find a lot of sexism, right? You find these dynamics. What is it you have seen in the reporting of these stories that has changed or is it that nothing has really changed, it's simply being reported more? Which one is it? 
That's a really interesting question. And so, I mean, exactly as you'd mentioned, the intersectionality of it all is just striking um, the ways in which different aspects of our identities, whether it's race, gender, um, socioeconomic background, that can all come tied in together um, and create issues. And a lot of these are compounded by systemic issues at hand. Um, I think these systemic issues, just based off my reporting, have stemmed years and decades, if not centuries. Um, and they just take new form um, as society develops. But I would say probably if I had to choose you know, one way or another, um, it does seem like the same issues are reoccurring, uh, just maybe in slightly different forms. Mm. Can you unpack that for me when you say slightly different forms? What does that mean? Sure. So, I mean, if you think about, let's say, um, issues about the uh, LGBTQ community, um, that that has stemmed um, all the way back even to the Civil War, where uh, drag shows, for example, um, took place um, as a way to hide from the bigotry um, and the discrimination that they face. And it was it became the safe space. Um, and you fast forward that to uh, you know, several hundred years later, and, and now you see the same forms of discrimination taking place um, with regard, let's say, to the anti-drag legislation that's happening um, at some States um, like Tennessee, for example, and you know it's these same issues about um, you know certain attitudes toward sexual identity um, orientation um, that are just perpetuated and just have evolved. Um, so just kind of transplanting one issue um, to from the past to the present. Let's talk about the dynamics of international racism. Um, sometimes. People think, well, America is the worst, and hell, it may be. But I do know it happens all across the planet. So let's talk about some of this intersectionality as it relates to racism internationally, how it connects back with continents like China, even countries like, I mean, continents like Africa or countries like China. Right. So um, I grew up overseas actually. And so I have firsthand uh, seen the ways in which this manifests, um, you know, uh, coming to America um, and also seeing, for example, just during the pandemic and the anti-China rhetoric that um, we've seen just develop and, um, you know, with certain spokespeople like the former president, um, it, it's, it, can, it can really blow up. Um, and it filters from the highest levels all the way down to the way that society talks um, and discusses these sorts of issues, even when they're separate and actually devoid from race in the first place. And so, you know, racism can really take hold um, even on issues that shouldn't be politicized, like a global health pandemic. Um, so it's really just interesting to kind of see how these sorts of events um, can really be tied to um, issues of racism. Um, and that's kind of why there's really no shortage of stories to tell yeah. over here. You know, I tell my college students, um, people die because of racism. And I'm not talking about the overt aggressive uh, type of violence, which is, exists and is easily identifiable typically. But when you make policies based on bias, 
people can die because of those policies. People can have a decreased quality of life because of those policies. They can have a lack of access to healthcare because of those policies that have been created due to a, an innate bias inside of the individual. What have you seen as it relates to adverse policy and the connection it may have to racism? I mean, this goes back to the whole issue of you know systemic um, discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a lot of data that have that has come out over the past years about um, how there are differences, let's say, in the way that people have t- take student loans, for example, and and that can have an adverse um, you know trickle down effect on their well emotional well being, um, their health. Uh, their economic stability. And so the types of policies that the government um, enacts uh, can really have uh, long reaching uh, and maybe indirect impact um, on certain marginalized communities. And it's it's really ironic and also quite sad that um, you know these issues start off um, in one thing, but then, they become another and it's just this domino effect. Um, and the fact that it impacts disproportionately impacts originally already marginalized communities. Yeah. Um, it just kind of sets them further back on the path. Um, and so, like you said, yeah, it's just incredibly important to make sure that we have the right policies in place um, and ensure that these systemic biases aren't embedded in the policies um, and the way that they're enforced and, and um, Perpetuated. Let me ask you this because obviously you are in position of being a truth teller. Now, some journalists believe that their job is to simply report a story. There are others who believe their job is to not only report a story, but to make it very clear what the elements are as they are. For example, you report a story about racism in a particular community. Well, clearly, we're not just talking about given the facts. We're talking about given the facts and providing the context required for why this story is important and how we move the needle. Another contextualization I use is that there are some people who are thermometers and there are others who are thermostats. A thermometer simply takes the temperature, the thermostat can change it. We do need both because you need a thermometer to know what the temperature is. You need a thermostat to change it when it's too high or too low. So how do you see yourself in the journalistic arena? And that's the big question that I'm sure a ton of journalists ask themselves. Um, And yeah, I mean, I I think the past several years especially has shown that there there isn't really maybe quite a thing as true journalistic objectivity because it's the way that um, you know we frame certain right. stories it's a way that we respond to certain events and as you said the context the context is you know never the context itself is based on facts and the facts um, you know they're they're there to support why we think the story is important to tell mm-hmm. um, you know what is the significance of it why is it newsworthy and so in that sense it is objective because it is grounded in the truth. It's just simply that we are providing that additional information um, to show why one story maybe um, it becomes this national story that is told for days as opposed to one um, that is maybe told 
one day, but is gone the next. Um, and so it is definitely a, a interesting question that um, I think mm-hmm. maybe the journalism is still grappling with. Yeah. Um, but it's it's important the context, um, and and you can't escape that. That's right. Uh, you answered that very well, by the way. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, let's go to a dynamic in your storytelling that's routine, which is the racial element. Have you found that in telling these stories, there's a natural pushback, regardless of the accuracy of the reporting, because your reporting is extremely accurate. They don't care about the accuracy. They just care about the fact that you're reporting on racism and they don't like it. Have you found any of that in your reporting? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think issues of race, they're really sensitive. And mm-hmm. um, you know, when we're reporting, we're especially sensitive to that as well, um, knowing that it's a potentially very controversial issue. And um, you know, it's it's we're not trying to blame um, any one race, for example, for something that has happened, but rather we're just trying to uplift the voices um, of communities that historically and traditionally haven't had their voices and stories told. Um, and in a lot of ways, just by unearthing and, and shedding light on these sorts of issues and the communities that have been marginalized, um, it's it's just part of it. Um, and unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, that is something that I've had to learn over the years. Um, but um, it. It's tough, um, but it needs to be done. You know, I encourage you to continue being the truth teller that you are. It does baffle me that individuals who will say that, you know, racism doesn't exist, we need to get away from talking about race, um, are the same people who love the founders of this country, right? They were racist and sexist. Uh, they said only white men that own property could participate in democracy, women were not allowed to vote. And if you were not a white male, period, uh, you could not take part in this United States of America. Uh, those are all racist concepts. Everybody agrees those are racist concepts. So in, in the DNA of this country, we have that DNA structure of racism. We have to fight against the nature or the design of this nation in order to make it the democracy it has the capacity to be. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Sure, um, they can find me. Um, my author bio is um, just Google Yunji Han at Insider. Um, I can be found at Twitter at Yunji Han or Yunji underscore Han. Um, but yeah, Insider Wizards of Color is, is where all the good stuff is. So come check us good out. Stuff. Thank you for being the leader that you are. We appreciate your time. Thank all you right. so much. Take care. Absolutely. You too. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.